Well, thanks very much, Matthew, for a wonderfully generous introduction. And yes, uh, I think if we're faced with the choice only of Star Trek or Terminator, each of us knows which of those worlds we'd like to live in. Um, Can I acknowledge the people of the Kulin Nations, the traditional custodians of the land we're meeting on today, uh, pay my respects to Elders past and present and commit myself as a member of the Albanese government to the implementation in full of the Uluru Statement from the Heart. I want to thank uh, COSBOA for inviting me to speak today and uh, acknowledge the work of today's uh, panellists, Bruce Bilson, Stuart Clues, Will Day, Dominic Lamb and Mick Keogh. Uh, I'm really just the appetiser before the main course of the panel, uh, so my remarks will be necessarily brief and looking forward to that conversation. But before we begin the panel discussion, we need to talk about printers. For all the talk of the paperless office over recent decades, my guess is that your office, like mine, contains at least one printer. And for those of you who are leasing hardware and software from Fuji Xerox, you might have received notification that terms in your contract are now void. And you could be wondering why. Last August, the Federal Court found 38 contract terms in 11 of Fuji Xerox's small business contracts were void and unenforceable. The unfair contract terms included providing for automatic renewal, excessive exit fees and unilateral price increases. As my fellow panellist Mick Keogh pointed out at the time, Fuji Xerox's unfair contract terms allowed it to leverage the, small bi- the significant power imbalance between it and small business customers to impose unnecessary and unjustifiable terms. Competition involves winners and losers. Some just play better on the day. Uh, noting that uh, the Raiders have had a pretty good record against the Storm of late. But like the football, there's rules to make competition fairer. And it's the government's job to strengthen those rules and get the settings right. So my brief remarks today will focus on three aspects of fairness. Unfair contract terms, unfair trading practices and market dynamism. For many small businesses, there's no clearer example of unfairness than a big company handing you a standard form contract loaded with unfair terms and being told to like it or lump it. One of the first things that the Albanese government did last year was to strengthen unfair contract terms protections by prohibiting the use of unfair terms in standard form contracts. If companies put unfair terms in their contracts and a court finds they're unfair, they can now cop a penalty from the court. Small Business Minister Julie Collins covered this in her speech yesterday, so I won't go into much detail. In short, these reforms to unfair contract terms protections have introduced civil penalties, which means the ACCC and ASIC can now ask the court to fine big businesses that try to pull one over. On top of that, these reforms will apply to more small businesses than ever before. We widened the eligibility threshold So if your business has fewer than 100 employees, you'll be covered. And if your business has an annual turnover of less than $10 million, you'll be covered. Those important reforms were uh, passed through Parliament last year and will come into effect in November of this year. They'll make contracts better for you and help create a fairer economy. As well as strengthening the Australian consumer law on unfair contracts, 
There's the matters of unfair trading practices that aren't covered under existing law. A review of the Australian Consumer Law in 2017 found evidence of persistent unfair business practices and recommended exploring how an unfair trading prohibition could be adopted in Australia. Right now, the Australian Consumer Law has several bans several specific unfair trading practices, but there's no general ban on unfair trading practices. Consumer ministers agreed to progress consideration of unfair practices in late 2020, and under the Albanese government, this work's now being led by Assistant Treasurer Stephen Jones. More recently, the ACCC's Digital Platforms Report on Regulatory Reform supported an economy-wide ban on unfair practices. That includes in the digital space. Four out of five Australian households made a digital purchase last year. Total online spending topped $60 billion. It's a good thing for small businesses looking to expand their reach. But as the ACCC identified, there's concerns about digital platforms and possible consumer and competitive harms. Dark patterns are one concern. Dark patterns are subtle design tricks used by companies on their websites. These patterns deliberately trick users into doing things they didn't mean to do. Or they discourage behaviour that's bad for the website owner. You'll know what I mean if you've ever tried to unsubscribe from a digital streaming service. Norwegian Consumer Council wrote a whole paper about this very topic. In a nod to Hotel California, the title of their paper was, was You Can Log Out, But You Can Never Leave. <laughs> the paper compared the process of signing up to Amazon Prime, which is a couple of clicks, against the process of cancelling an Amazon Prime subscription, stating that consumers who want to leave the service are faced with a large number of hurdles including complicated navigation menus, skewed wording, confusing choices and repeated nudging. It's just one of many potentially unfair dark patterns used by web designers. The ACCC lists other concerning practices, such as false reminders like low stock warnings or false countdown timers. There's also tricks like pre-selected add-ons or using illogical colours such as a red button for yes and a green button for no. And there's search engine manipulation, such as when food delivery companies impair the ability of small business restaurateurs to attract customers by ensuring that the deliveries company sites appears above the restaurants in internet searches. Unfair trading practices aren't new. The Australian Competition and Consumer Commission has acted against them under existing laws with mixed results. In 2015, the Federal Court ordered AGL South Australia to pay a $780,000 penalty and refund 23,000 consumers for making false and misleading representations about discounted energy plans. More recently, though, the ACCC alleged Medibank had engaged in misleading conduct by making false representations to members about benefits in its health insurance policies. The ACCC lost that case, even though the federal court said Medibank had acted harshly and unfairly. In another case, the ACCC was unsuccessful in bringing action against a vet fee help diploma provider. 
They used door-to-door sales in disadvantaged communities, promising students a free laptop and promising the courses would be free if the students' earnings stayed low. That behaviour didn't breach the Australian consumer law. Meanwhile, the Italian Competition Authority fined Facebook 10 million euros for misleading conduct on data protection. Italy operates under European Union law, where unfair trading practices are banned. The EU laws prohibit misleading action and omissions and aggressive commercial practices. Many other countries, including the UK, US and Singapore, prohibit unfair trading practices. The US banned unfair trading practices in 1938, and today that prohibition is being used to protect Americans against unfair practices that wouldn't have been dreamed of eight decades ago. The Albanese government's looking at international jurisdictions and the recommendations of our agencies to shape Australia's consumer and competition laws. We're considering the ACCC's recommendations in its ongoing reports into digital platform services. In September last year, Commonwealth, State and Territory consumer ministers announced we'd consult on proposed unfair trading reforms to ensure Australia has the right regulations in place. Whatever path we take in this important area of consumer law, we know that competition depends on strong safeguards for Australian households and small businesses. They're meshed together in our laws, regulations and practices. When laws allow a firm to get away with ripping off consumers, it can create the wrong competition incentives. Other firms in the market see bad behaviour go unpunished and protect their own patch by employing the same dodgy tactics. Soon enough, there's a race to the bottom in dodginess. The ACCC saw this happen in 2010 when electricity retailers engaged in unscrupulous door-to-door selling. The ACCC said the retailers knew the sales tactics were resulting in bad behaviour but refused to address it because they feared missing out to competitors. Consumer protections and strong enforcement and compliance of them improves consumer wellbeing. But let's not forget that small businesses are often consumers too. Consumer protections foster effective competition. They help drive a race to the top in service quality. But that race to the top can only occur if there's enough competition. Since my appointment as Assistant Minister for Competition, I've delivered a series of speakers on the decline in market dynamism in Australia. Thanks to new data, we're now able to analyse the economy at a fine-grained level and look at changes over time. And that reveals a troubling picture. In the decades leading up to the pandemic, the new business start-up rate declined. Setting aside non-employing small businesses, the new business start-up rate was lower in the 2010s than it had been in the 2000s. In most industries, market concentration has risen. As everyone in small business knows, a few firms dominate most industries in the Australian economy. In the mid-1980s, the top five listed firms in Australia were Westpac, CBA, NAB, BHP and ANZ. Four decades later, 
you look at the top five firms in Australia today, they are Westpac, CBA, NAB, BHP and CSL. Economic ministers Jim Chalmers, Julie Collins, Stephen Jones and Katie Gallagher are as keen as I am in the role that competition reform can play in boosting productivity. And our colleague Daniel Molino is chairing a House of Representatives inquiry into promoting economic dynamism, competition and business formation. As I said at the outset, whether it's on the sporting field or any other arena, fairness is a fundamental Australian value. As a small business, you'll come up against bigger opponents, bigger suppliers and bigger business customers. But that doesn't faze you as long as one condition is met. Everyone is on a level playing field. When the playing field is tilted, like it was with unfair contract terms, like it was when independent mechanics couldn't get access to a vehicle's digital information, we've taken action to correct it. Our government values the fair go, fair play, and yes, fair competition. It's good for startups, good for business productivity, and it's good for Australia. Thanks very much.